0: Welcome to the Global Investor Podcast, a show that focuses on helping foreign investors enter the lucrative U.S. real estate market. Host Charles Carrillo combines decades of real estate investing experience with a professional background in international banking to interview experts in all areas of U.S. real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Charles Carrillo.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Global Investors Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Carrillo. Today, we have Ryan Hill. He was previously an elementary school principal after teaching high school science for 13 years, while simultaneously being a real estate agent involved in over $40 million in transactions. Today, Ryan is the Chief Operating Officer at Suncrest Capital, a mobile home investment firm, and he works closely with community managers to ensure optimal occupancy and uh, efficiency. So thank you so much for being on the show today.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me, Charles. I appreciate it
1: so you have a very interesting story uh before getting into what you currently do can you give us just a little bit of a background um personally and professionally uh before getting into real estate investing and ultimately into mobile home parks
0: sure yeah so as you mentioned i was in education for about 22 years uh so i i started out as a as high school science teacher for 13 years and coached a bunch of sports and that was before marriage and and uh then that uh um, took a bit of a backseat obviously for priorities and then, um, got into real estate, uh, in 2008, uh, 2000, just started 2009. So perfect timing with the market collapsing and the housing market, uh, kind of imploding. So, um, and, and the reason was, it, it, you know, we, my son was, was born just a few months earlier, uh, working as a teacher, um, and the, just like cost of daycare and everything, I was like, I've got to got to do a side hustle, got to do something else. Always been interested in real estate, I'd, you know, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, like a lot of people, you know, a few years before that, and uh, just dove in a rough couple of years to get started um, just as a residential real estate agent during that time while I was teaching and, and still doing some coaching. Um, then I partnered up I, I, I'm a strong believer in partnerships. So I partnered with another teacher realtor who was ended up being a, a mentor and friend. Um, so we did that for about 12 years. And then uh, it was time for a move from Washington state to Idaho, where I live now, uh, get closer to um, uh, other family. And uh, I didn't want to rebuild the residential real estate uh, clientele in a different state. and where I am in Idaho, I can throw a rock and probably hit about five realtor houses. So there were plenty of them. Um, so I had been researching mobile home parks for probably about a year, year and a half before before that move. I'd been listening to a lot of podcasts, um, connecting with other park owners. And this was right before there were, now there's, there's a few really solid mobile home park um, in, investing podcasts out there. Um, there are just a couple at the time. Frank Rolfe, Mobile Home Park Mastery um, uh, is the first one I started listening to. Uh, started doing some mailers and cold calling, trying to find um, properties before we before we moved and, and hadn't done that yet. So we moved in 2019. Um, I was still a principal here in Idaho for three years, all the way up until about a year and a half ago. So we had we bought our first park in 2019, my, my, uh, wife and I, and that was a small 20 space park just South of Kansas city, about 40 minutes. It's a small town in, in Lacine. Um, and just kind of dove in and <laughs> as much as I knew, uh, wasn't, wasn't enough. I I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more <laughs> as we go in, but, um, at some point you got to start and, uh, you know, you're going to make mistakes and and learn from them. And so that's background of kind of the intertwining of my W-2 uh, with along with real estate and transitioning from that residential real estate agent into more of a commercial.
1: So I always like to ask people how they got into their asset classes. And I, I know, you know, mobile home park, like, like a lot of residential based asset classes here in the last few years have really taken off, I think, with multifamily really leading that. But why did you choose mobile home parks over, I mean, there's literally a dozen types of commercial asset classes you can invest into.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we do have, we have a small retail center um, and uh, three RV parks as well, which are very different than mobile home parks. But the original mobile home park. I uh, I had a friend that he was he was managing this mobile home park that his uh, father in law owned, and so I I was intrigued by kind of what I was hearing and learning, and and uh, like wait you can you can buy a whole mobile home park for the cost of a single family home. <laughs> you know I've got and and a small you know granted a smaller one, but even a, a ten space park that's. Uh, that's getting three hundred dollar lot rents. Um, you know, you're, you're cash flowing much better than a single family home would be, and your your risk is mitigated by the occupancy. Right, a single family home, it's a hundred percent or zero percent occupancy. There's there's not no in between. So as we know with multifamily, that that obviously changes the script. So um, so the the entry cost for this asset class is. Is much less than a lot of others that I found. Um, and then just, just doing the the basic math, uh, with, with it, I was like, this, this makes total sense. Like it, and it it wasn't yet. I think it, it's now become a darling asset in a way like the secrets out. Um, and it, it wasn't at that point, but, um, it, it's changing still like it. I think, uh, the perception has changed for uh for that asset class.
1: Let's kind of move forward here and tell us a little bit about your company, Suncrest, and uh your role at the firm.
0: Sure. So my my business partner, uh Brett Bowman, he he um we connected in uh 2020 and I I had through a mutual friend. Um and we he was interested in mobile home parks and he and his his friend had just been talking about it. I just come back from my mobile home park doing some work on I was repairing a roof, I think, and, and, and came back and, and they wanted to, to talk mobile home parks. So <clears throat> there, there was another park about a half mile down the road from that first one in the scene that was off market. Um, I knew the, knew the seller uh, and we, we ended up, the three of us, going in together and purchasing that.
1: Nice.
0: Uh, Brett had a background in investing in multifamily and doing um, syndications and underwriting so those, those weren't my skill sets at the time. Uh, so um, my operational experience, which was still not super uh, long time, but um, had, had some expertise in it. And then his background with being able to syndicate and, and understanding more of the, the depth of underwriting needed, um, we started Suncrest up. And the first portfolio we purchased was a 4 park uh, portfolio in Iowa, uh, mostly around the Des Moines area. And um, you know, we syndicated that, and uh, from there, most of our properties have been um, groups of mobile home parks that've been syndicated from three to six and then we 've added some RV parks and the the one uh, retail center as I mentioned along the way so most of it's most of it 's uh, centered in the Midwest Kansas, Iowa, and Missouri um, our r- most recent acquisition we only did one in two thousand and twenty three We underwrite a ton of them just with economic conditions and and uh, it it's just thin uh, on paper trying to underwrite these deals so we, we found a fairly solid off-market deal that's cash flowing like a monster and that's uh, just south of yeah just south of New Orleans long-term RV park um, that we're excited about
1: yeah, 2023 was very difficult for finding deals. I'll tell you that. I mean, we didn't even do one deal in uh, 2023. We did a couple in 2022, mainly at the end of it. But um, it was uh, 2023, a very difficult year. Lots of underwriting and uh, lots of disappointment, I guess you'd say. But um, all, but also seeing deals that have been going south now from the last two years, you're very happy when you look back and you go, wow, there's tons of deals we could have done that uh, now have gone the wrong way. So... It's um, you gotta kind of stick to those numbers and your principles. Um, So, you know, on my first real estate investment decades back, um, I mean, I could almost uh, write a small book on uh, the the learning lessons from it, right? And stuff that you just take for granted now, or someone tells you on a podcast. Um, But what are some of the learning lessons from your first mobile home park investment?
0: Yeah. So the the first one, I I really I didn't have enough in reserves for. Um, there, there are a number of park-owned homes, so uh, you know we're renting renting the home or or leased on the home um, that needed quite a bit of work, and I wasn't prepared for that um, from a, a, a you know money standpoint. So it's as those came along and things needed to be repaired, floors need to be redone, furnaces, whatever it might be, I didn't anticipate how much I I would actually need for that, so. Um, we, you know, we factor, we everyone says they're conservative in their underwriting. And we're, I think we, we've gotten more conservative over time as we've learned more of these lessons, um, with home repairs, but a big one also is, is the utilities and, and making sure you're, you're, if, you know, we've gotten bit by, uh, water, like water systems that need to be redone, um, sewer lines, that uh, you know, that you've got some Orangeburg in there, which is basically a, reinforced cardboard sewer line that they did way back in like the 50s and 60s that should have never been in the ground uh, so we've you know we've come across that before so I think our, our due diligence has gotten much stronger over time um, as we've learned through these uh, learning opportunities slash mistakes <laughs> that uh, can sometimes be expensive so I think a, a couple of things is the capital up front making sure that that you have enough for unforeseen things that are going to pop up. And they, then your due diligence on especially infrastructure is super solid and your, your scoping lines um you're, you're calling around to other contractors in the area just finding out the history of of the parks um we've passed on parks just by doing that like just you know multiple uh, plumbers for example say i won't even go into that that community or that park to do any work it's a landmine of utilities nothing's marked. I start digging and it's going to cause chaos with whatever. I'm going to cut through electric lines or sewer lines or water lines. So we're like, "Eh, no, I I don't want to get involved in that one.
1: So in underwriting deals, I imagine you have a a number of strict requirements for metros you invest into. Um, Can you share some of those with us? Because with how your parks are, you know, you have them all over the the Midwest, I think for the most part. Um, How do you find out um, this could be a good metro? And what are some of the factors that go into that?
0: Yeah, so I, I think uh, for a, a new metro, and we we do look at new metros. So we're looking at we we prefer seventy five to one hundred thousand plus uh, population within the metro, forty thousand plus for median family income, and then one hundred thousand dollars plus for the the average home sale price, and that and that's that's because if we're selling brand new homes at sixty seventy thousand dollars, we don't want to be competing against you know, used homes that have their you know their own postage stamp of land and um, that type of thing. So we we've, we've passed that's that's our initial like less than five minute due diligence of a deal comes our way whether whether it be through a broker a cold call um, or a mailer or something like that. We just we quickly look at the best places stats and if they don't hit hit that those marks. Uh, population we will play with a little bit, but um, usually we'll pass on the others uh, if it's in, if it's a park within a Metro we're in. So we, right now we're, we're centered around like Kansas City area, Des Moines and Springfield, Missouri. Um, so those are our main hubs. Now we have parks outside of that, that we've gotten a great deals, but um, within those, those areas we'll, we'll buy a smaller park, like 20 or 30 spaces. If it makes sense, just because we have the this, this scale there and we have the, the person power and contractor relationships to make it work, but we wouldn't likely buy a 20 or 30 space park somewhere where that we have no, um, presence unless it may be like Denver, Colorado or something like that. Um, so those are, those are the basics that we're looking for. Um, we prefer, um park or sorry, tenant owned homes. We don't, we don't uh, like the rental game. Um, and we, if we do get, uh, park owned homes, we, we try to sell those off or lease to own. Um, and we have a number of financial, you know, we're, we're partners with PEP, TRIAD, 21st, uh, just to name a few that we can help people get financing for these homes. So.
1: Yeah, that's great. I was also looking on your website and you guys are on your community website and you guys are actively selling homes and, you know, as I've spoken to any successful mobile home operators and um it's really getting out of um the rental owning property and renting game and back into and just staying in the lane of renting out lots.
0: Yeah, and there there is, you know, there are people that do like the other model. It it just you have to have Uh, solid systems and people in place that know what they're doing, um, looking at those homes frequently and maintaining them. And if if you do, you can make more money that way, but it is a lot more time and capital intensive than uh, the model we prefer.
1: Yeah. It's also, I mean, when we're going into apartment complex, there's a lot of you know, you're putting in a, huge reserves for a lot of unknowns. And yeah, you can walk properties, but you're in the units for five minutes. You know what I mean? If that, um, so you're really just grading them on what you see and you're walking to the next one. And, um, so I see there's a lot more room for unknowns when you start taking on the almost, um, rental apartment type business, right. Compared to just knowing that your infrastructure is sound and that people have been there and whatever due diligence that you do on your tenants. You know, as I read earlier in your in your bio, uh, you work with community managers and you drive efficiency. So, after working with uh, you know dozens of mobile home parks, I mean, what are some of the normal inefficiencies that you encounter? Uh, I imagine you encounter this during your due diligence and your underwriting. And how do you typically rectify those issues after you've taken control of the property?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. There's there's so many systems that you have to have in place to make sure that the the main things are being taken care of. Obviously, the the, the rental collection. Um, and then people are following the rules or they're, they're, they're paying to play and they're playing by the rules. Um, and then the, the CapEx projects that we have planned uh, as well, that, that a lot of moving parts and, and organization. So as, as an organization, we, we read, uh, the book Traction by Gina Wickman. That, um, so we've implemented the EOS system, uh, so we have we have weekly leadership meetings that follow that system. I, I highly recommend anybody to, to read that. Just um, it's it was a game changer for us and efficiencies and follow through and accountability. So it's uh, just, it's making sure that if if you, you know, if I'm meeting with community manager or regional manager and we're going through like delinquents, for example, and we've, we've got to hit our, our two late notices and then a three-day pair quit and then We've got to send it off to the attorney, and a lot of times that stuff can get dropped. And it's, so, it's having systems in place that are setting reminders, um, follow up, just making sure that those pieces are being taken care of, so your like your collections aren't dropping down. Um, maintenance within the parks, if they you know, we've we've had situation where the city is has like given us a warning for uh, the grass is too too high. And we, we thought we took care of it. And then four months later, the grass got too high again. And now the city comes in and they, they mow the whole thing and charges like 2,500 bucks for this small little part that should have taken a, a few hours. Right. So it's, you know, the, those types of mistakes were made and then you, you rectify it with systems to make sure that, um, those things are being followed through with when, when they're supposed to be, so those are think the EOS and we use Trello as, as our project management board, um, and tracking tool. So you can set the reminders on there. Um, it's yeah. So that, that's been super helpful in uh, organizing this.
1: Yeah. Trello is a game changer for our business. I have to say that. Um, but it's, it's just, I use it personally, and then we use it within our businesses. And it's something that's, there's so many moving parts, parts with any of the businesses and it's just um, keeping on track of it, keeping on top of it and making sure that when someone you're working with is looking at what their next step is or what they're doing, you have a plan there of what the goals are um, that we're focusing on.
0: Yeah, for sure. And we, we have probably around 200 um, park owned homes and, and, a number of those are vacant that need rehab. A number of them are leased to own. So they're, they're essentially sold, but mm-hmm. we have to keep track of all of those. And it's it becomes a bit of a nightmare because you, you have the titles because it, the mobile homes are treated as personal property, like a vehicle for those that, that don't know. So they have a title just like your car or truck or boat. Um, so just the logistics of keeping track of all of that is, uh, is quite a bit. So Trello is very helpful just to have a card for each one and you can move it down the line as you're rehabbing and listing and selling.
1: So that's one question just before we kind of uh, move on to the next section is, Jess, when you're selling one of these homes, um, say it's vacant, because if someone's in there, obviously you probably sell it with the same condition, right? They're living in there, they're renting it from you, you get them to buy it from you or at least own or whatever type of creative financing solution. I doubt these people are, are, um, your tenants are paying cash for them up front. Um, Maybe some are, but I feel there's a lot of financing with it what happens when you have a vacant one? Are you guys renovating this, rehabbing this, updating this at all before you bring in the tenant and putting them in that lease to own situation?
0: Yeah. Great question. It's really all of the above. So we offer, we offer all of them as uh, a handyman special is <laughs> right. And, and uh you know, people come in and, and, and fix them up. Um, and they're, they are, we do a lease to own contract. So our, our goal is to create homeownership for the, for people that have never had that. So through the lease to own, a lot of people have dings on their credit where they can't, uh, they, you know, they, they obviously can't qualify for financing. So we will do the lease to own contracts, but how we structure it is the payment's going to be a bit higher than once they do qualify for financing, because we, we want some incentive for them to do that. But we've also started just a few months ago, we've partnered with Asusu, ESUSU, and they they uh, will report on-time rent payments for our tenants. And they, they don't report anything negative. It's only positive credit reporting. So uh, another company that uh, that we partner with, Elevate Capital, uh, they've been using it for quite a while. And for an entire mobile home community, their I, I believe their credit score average went up about fifty points wow. for those folks. Just doing game changer. Yeah. It totally is, and so people that have maybe a 400, 450 credit score within four or five months, we can get them up to I think five fifty is the minimum for our our finance uh, partnerships. Uh, get them above that is our is our goal, so that we can we can get the financing. It is their home. Uh, they're paying the the mortgage the mortgage on it, so to speak. so um, but we are we're also piloting a program that I'm excited about uh, that we' we're, we're just starting using investor dollars uh, to fund the rehab of the home for a profit share. So the, let's say the the home costs twenty thousand dollars to rehab. the investor will front that. Uh, we know there's margin. We've been selling these homes that that have been rehabbed to this extent for 30 to $40,000, so there's 10 to $20,000 of upside. Um, and the investor will get 80% of that, park gets 20%, uh, we're creating a home for somebody. So hopefully it becomes a win-win-win for everybody involved. Um, if it's a lease to own, the investor gets those, those uh, uh, interest payments, uh, they'll get 80% of whatever the LTO is. So we're trying to keep it very simple with that 80-20 split. Uh, So we we've we have five homes that we're starting towards the end of uh, this month um, just to prove uh, proof of concept. And then uh, we'll we'll roll it out to more of our communities and also extend that opportunity out to other uh, community owners.
1: Um, Yeah, Yeah, that's a That's a great solution for people, because now they're getting this new home for 30 or 40 thousand dollars. And uh, they can focus on paying it off and not having to worry about, you know, making repairs and everything over the first five or 10 years, you know what I mean? Um, So that's, that's great. So, well, for Ryan, um, for people listening who might want to leave their safe job and go out on their own, um, if you, what was your decision process like for you and your family and what was the deciding, you know, the ultimate deciding factor of you to go out?
0: Sure. Yeah. And it's going to be different for everybody. I, I feel but it for for me it, it was I, you know I was a full- time elementary school principal, and as we're building Suncrest up, it became more and more challenging to balance balance both of those. I mean literally burning candle at both ends um, and i I was looking for f- uh, freedom of time. Uh, it's not necessarily less stress I, a lot of the the skills and and uh, Learning opportunities of being a, a principal and an education translate well to the position I'm in now with running operations and dealing with people and issues and problems that come up uh, every day, really. Um, but I, you know, the the money part is going to be a big question for people. So it, it's what 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 can you uh, what can you separate with that you're going to feel comfortable enough to you know provide for yourself if you're by yourself or or for your family. Um, and and grow this business that you believe in and uh, that that you know is going to be successful. So for me, it was essentially replacing my my current income. I, I took a bit of a pay cut, but it was uh, you know it was a priority for me to do this. And we cut back in other other places. So I think it's measuring what your priorities are and then adapting your budget or whatever it is, uh, kind of to follow your dream, make your dream come true and and to happen. So we, we wouldn't be able to do, be where we're at now. If we're, we're at 20 mobile home parks and three RV parks in the in the retail center. Um, if I was still doing part-time because um, my, my business partners still has you know, he's full-time W2 and uh, our other partners at full-time W2. And so it's, uh, it's challenging if you don't have the full-time to devote to it, to grow it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's great that you guys are all on the same page and working with each other and their schedules. And um, because yeah, everybody's situation is a little different and um, that's a lot of great information. It's really kind of um, figuring out what your priorities are, I think, and really just taking that leap.
0: Yeah. The, the leap is, that's, it's challenging. You know, I, I, mean, I was in education for that long and it's a very secure uh, job with, uh, you know, you've, you've got retirement, you've got, all those, all those uh, really attractive aspects of it. And uh, that this is, I I believe in this and it's going to, it's, it's happening. It's working. uh, We're growing. um, And it, so it's fun. I I enjoy it. Like I get up and I, I enjoy what I do every day. And uh, then I have flexibility. I can schedule meetings when I need to and have family time when, when I want to. So it,
1: it just works. Nice. So, Ryan, what are some of the common mistakes um, over the years that you've seen mobile home investors make?
0: Yeah, probably a lot of the same ones I made when I first started. Um, not you, at some point you do have to jump in, but it's having the education and background or partnering with other people. So, my my advice would be to to uh, invest with people that have been doing it for a while. Um, you know, we we offer several investments uh, for. As, as deals come in, but there, there are a lot of quality operators out there. So I, I'd uh, strongly suggest people try that route first to uh, as limited partners and kind of learn from afar. Uh, but if, if you're uh, more risk tolerant and you want to just jump in um, what I've seen as people aren't educating themselves, I see it on the Facebook uh, forums for mobile home parks. So I, I try to reach out to them uh, just, I think, Couple days ago somebody was asking for hey i'm i'm looking at this mobile home park i, I want to buy or i i think i almost have it on contract what question should i ask the seller i'm like oh okay let me let me help you out so uh both both my business partner and i we enjoy um helping people um we you know we offer uh scheduled time for people to to connect with us uh to kind of learn like what what should i do what steps should i do um, there's mobile home park university out there. Uh, I'm working with another in- investor. We're actually developing our own, uh, mobile home course, mobile home park, investing and operating course and a Lonnie dealer fix and flip, uh, course as well. There's, there's some out there. Uh, we're, we believe we're providing a, a, a different, uh, value than, than what's already on the market, but I'd say education, 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 connecting with other owners, Um, and, and look at that limited partner investment opportunity before you jump into your own. Um, I've seen more people successful with that route rather than just jumping in and then asking questions later.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of great information. And also if you go the limited partner route, um, you can also, now you can request time from that general partner in most situations to get in. A little bit more of an idea of what's happening at the park, or maybe they'll give you more of a an update um, with you know with normal correspondence. So there's a lot of benefits in going the LP route, but really it's uh, it's really the education of uh, and figure out what you really want because I think a lot of people get into real estate investing they just want passive income, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know what I mean. And yeah. uh, when you're on the operating side, it's. You know parts of it are semi-passive right but a lot of there's a lot of operations that go into it to get it to that point for your uh true passive investment for your lps
0: yeah for sure i've seen that the the excitement wears off very quickly um <laughs> for for people and if it's truly not what they want to do and they were they were looking for mailbox money that that property's in trouble um and that asset's in trouble so I, i've seen that happen a lot so it's it, it is really like to your point knowing knowing what you want to do in, in the long run. And if you want mailbox money, there's plenty of opportunity for that out there. Uh, if, if you want to grind it out on, on the general partner side and operations side, where eventually there's going to be a big payoff and then you can maybe be a little less active, um, you know, go, go for it. But it, it's, it is not to sit back and collect the, the checks, so.
1: For sure. So Ryan, how can our listeners learn more about you and your business? Yeah, so uh
0: Suncrestcap.com is is our website. Uh we have an investor portal there. Um there's information on Brett and I, and you can reach out and schedule time to uh to meet with either of us. Uh Brett's more on the investor side of things. So if you're you're interested in that limited partner um opportunity, he'd be the one to talk to. Um if you want to learn more on the operations, I'm the one that you can connect with. Uh, but we both, we both know enough about the other side to be dangerous. So uh, but yeah, we, we love to connect with new people, um, especially new folks in the space, uh, just educate them. We, we want to see the space grow and uh, with, with quality folks that are taking care of their communities and their tenants um, and, and to just to, to change the mindset of the asset type. Like there's so much preconception that's not positive with, mobile home parks. I prefer manufactured home communities, but most people know them as mobile home parks or trailer parks. So we're we're improving these communities. Um, We're raising, you know, we we raise rents in a responsible way to keep the highest and best use of the property. I could talk a lot about that, but I won't, uh, as a mobile home community. Um, Otherwise, you know, within a, a given year, you have a, you know, there's roughly 100 mobile home parks in the country that are wiped off the map rezoned, redeveloped, and maybe 10 being built or 10 being, you know, so there's a net loss of this opportunity out there, which um, it's tough. And a lot of the reasons, a lot of the times it's because mom and pop owners have kept rents so low that that's not the highest and best use of that property anymore. So we, we try to do that responsibly. So we're not pushing people out, but also trying to provide that affordable housing for folks.
1: Yeah, that's great, Ryan. Well, um, also for listeners, there's a lot of great information on the Suncrest website. A lot of the their strategy and criteria is uh, clearly broken out down there. So people interested in passive investing or actively investing in um, manufactured home communities, they can uh, find that information there. So I want to thank you again for coming on today, Ryan, and looking forward to connecting with you here in the near future.
0: Okay. Yeah, thank you. Awesome opportunity and appreciated uh, chatting with you today.